Las Vegas, I'll be inside you this Thursday through Sunday, July 7th through the 10th at the Tropicana Casino, the Laugh Factory inside the Trop, Vegas, July 7th through the 10th. July 20th, 21st, and 22nd, I'll be on the road with Sal Volcano from Impractical Jokers in Portland, Seattle, Vancouver, July 20th through the 22nd. Tickets at SalVolcanoComedy.com. July 29th through the 31st, I'll be in La Jolla at the Comedy Store, La Jolla, San Diego. Come out and see me July 29th through the 31st. August 5th and 6th in Boston, Massachusetts at Laugh Boston. Then August 7th at Portsmouth, Massachusetts. The Music Hall in Portsmouth, Massachusetts. Come out and see me. August 12th through the 13th, I'll be back in Seattle at Laugh's Comedy Club. Come out and see me there. Hometown shows. All these tickets at AdamRayComedy.com. Of course, ALN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Adam Ray Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Check out my specials live from San Francisco and live from Madison on my YouTube channel right now. And of course, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Rate and subscribe to the podcast. It helps us climb the charts. And enjoy today's episode with Grammy winner, music producer, writer. He's worked with Celine Dion, Michael Jackson, Lady Gaga, Barbara Streisand, and wrote All I Want for Christmas is You with Mariah Carey, the one and only Walter A. Hey, it's Herbert. Mm-hmm. And you're listening to the About Last Night podcast, you slippery little son of a bitch. I had to testify in a Michael Bolton trial. Oh, are you going? Can you talk about this? Can you? Yeah. Oh man, Mo. Yeah, you're good. Whatever you want. No, that was a that was a doozy, man. Yeah, I'd say testifying in anything Bolton related is a big doozy. First yeah, of all, you know Michael fair. because of how. Well, Michael and I uh, started working together in 1989. It was like my first gig as a producer like yeah. literally because i was working for another producer and then michael came and um he was at columbia Records, so he he and i hit it off really well and we started to write and work on his album called time love and tenderness however time love and tenderness and on that album uh he and a gentleman named andy goldmark wrote one of the big singles called Love is a Wonderful Thing. Mm-hmm. Love is a Wonderful Thing. Anyway, so, you know, I produced it like an old kind of an R&B. You know, it's yeah. like a Motowny kind of thing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, album came out. It was like hugely successful. I mean, unbelievable. Oh, Bolton was king of the world there for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he, he won a Grammy that year. Wow. For When a Man Loves a Woman. So it was a really big deal album and, you know, a lot of really successful singles. And suddenly, man, the Isley Brothers filed a lawsuit, a copyright infringement <sighs> against him and Andy. For which tune? For a song that they did in like 1962 or 64. Oh, so nothing that was on the current no, album. It had never so this is taking advantage of the yeah, success. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. But their song was called Love is a Wonderful Thing. Same okay. title, but okay. you can't copyright a title. So they filed this lawsuit, and you know it was not really anything similar except for their song was kind of a gospel, mm. 
and ours was like Motowny. So there was a tambourine that sounded the same because it's a tambourine, right? But anyway, so they, you know, they got they got sued pretty heavily, and it it was a, a trial, a trial, courtroom trial, jury, the whole nine yeah. yards. So, and then my turn came at bat since I was the producer of the song, so I was testifying for a number of days, and I was you know very very uh, nervous. No, it was very educa- ed- yeah. educational. Yeah, like I, I would I would tell the jury like I could I could produce. The Star Spangled Banner, exactly the same way. Mm. Tambourine, same sound, yeah. Motown. It's the arrangement and production that you think sounds the same, but the notes are different, the chords are different, mm. and the lyrics are different, and certainly the title is not copyrightable. So I try to explain this whole thing to this jury, and unfortunately, Michael and Andy lost. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was a big loss. Because the Isley Brothers would show up to court with, you know, in wheelchairs and crutches and neck braces and canes. Tugging at the jury's heartstrings. Oh, yeah. And Michael, you know, is this big superstar, (sighs) rich guy coming in going, hey, you know. It's a good Bolton impression. So. Wait, so that's fucked. And that happens, I mean, you tell me, in the music world, like, more often than not. A lot. I've been sued so many times, bro. Wow. Yeah, Mariah Carey and I got sued really big. Yeah, it was... Well, okay, so let's give people a little backstory Okay, here. let's do it. When I first met you uh, through your lovely wife, Katie, great comedian, great person, kind, bubbly, infectious laugh, she goes, you got to meet my husband, Walter. He's the fucking man, which I immediately go, Literally. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He wears <laughs> the pants. Uh, I go, I love that, first of all, when I just hear anyone just celebrating the other side and being like, this guy rules and I got him and it fucked and I love it. And I was like already intrigued based on that. And then uh, I don't think she had shared too many of your achievements and, but, but, uh, uh, but said you're in the music world producer. And I was like, Oh, cool. Hmm. But you know, and I love to meet people and I'm, you know, and I can just tell whoever she's bringing to the table is going to, you know, match the energy and be fun and all that. And then a few things were revealed. And then I was like, get the fuck out of here. How often does that happen that people just like get to know you and then they're like, wait, you've done what? Yeah. No, you know, I kind of tend to be very quiet about things. Yeah. Like if I'm with Katie anywhere in public. Yeah. Uh, people go, oh, so you know, what do you do? And I go, I'm a songwriter, you know, I'm a producer. And then, by the way, out here, you know, and you know. then it's like everybody's a songwriter, yes, producer, right. So, <laughs> and then somebody will always say, like, well, anything I know, you know, and I'll, and I'll go, well, yeah, a few things. And then Katie will always go, what are you talking about? You tell don't fucking what you've know. Done. <laughs> you know, tell them what you've done. Tell them all, all the songs. And I go, well, I, you know, I, I don't really, you know, like to brag. So people totally. think that I'm, which very, is not bragging. Well, it's not bragging, but you know. It's the life you've lived and the life you've created, but I get why you're eating such a big piece of humble pie and I appreciate it, but also, hey man. And it is it is cool when when people have, I guess, pushed you up against the wall enough to where they're like, anything I've heard of? And sure, you're like, sure. all right, well, if you're going to yeah. be a little condescending about it, yeah, yeah, let me go down the list. So go down the list for us. Okay, so my, my 10-year sort of decade of hits, yes. if you call it, was the 90s. 
And in the nineties, the best I, era of music, arguably. Yeah, and so in nineties, we did all the I did all the Mariah Carey records, all of her songs, including <laughs> "All I Want for Christmas Is You," which is the biggest Christmas song of all time. <laughs> so, um, you know, so we did all her songs, really big ones, "Hero," "One Sweet Day," "My All," you know, "Can't Let Go," "All I Want for." I mean, there was a lot of songs we 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 did. Um, I also was. Um, very very busy producing Celine Dion. Cool. I produced the the Titanic song "My Heart Will Go On." Um, I I produced all these big Disney songs during the nineties, "A Whole New World," "Beauty and the Beast." You know, I didn't know you did a whole new world. Yeah, you know, a whole new world. Yeah, get and the I did, fuck out of here. And uh, you know, my, talking about Michael Bolton, we did a uh, um, "Go the Distance" from Hercules. Yes, and and then also one other and one. "Beauty and the Beast" wasn't that. Did you, wait, you that did it with Peebo, Br- Peebo Bryson Peebo Bryson. Bryson. Yeah. Why do I know that name? Yeah, right. Because I was obsessed with that song. You know, it was really weird because that song, well, no, Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson did Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And then Peebo Bryson again. Did Whole New World. A Whole New World with Regina Bell. Wow. And Beauty and the Beast didn't go number one, but A Whole New World went number one. Yeah. But all of those songs won Oscars and Grammys and Record of the Years and all that stuff. So, you know, so this, this company of, of stars, you know, we were working on, I don't know, so many records at the same, I had three studios running 24 hours a day. No kidding. You know, and, and it it was just, it was, it was awesome, you know? And then, you know, the 2000, the decade came and things started petering off as far as ballads and stuff. It became more of a hip hop. Yeah. Kind of a. You know, top forty radio started getting very aggressive. And yeah, less of the ballads, less you know the sweet songs and whatever. It's funny how music <clears throat> does truly evolve like that, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if it's decade by decade. It's cyclical, but... I think. Though. I mean, some of that stuff is coming back now, and mm-hmm. we got a, a lot of sweet songs. But the thing, the thing that happened so with this decade of super huge successful decade, you know, uh, some of these songs became household names, and you know, whatever. And you know, because of the the tremendous luck of being in the right place at the right time. I mean, this Christmas song is probably the thing that you know, like it's everyone says it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, you know? every and, year. Yeah, and it's really really cool to see that. But uh, the only problem with that song is that Mariah Carey and I had a falling out oh. uh, twenty five years ago. I haven't spoke, spoken to her in decades. Wow. And a lot of people- it makes you feel any better, that. neither have I. Yeah. A lot of people have uh, stopped talking to her. <laughs> but anyway, so- So the song so, was, yeah, okay, so- So it's bittersweet, yeah. you know, because I don't get to share it with my songwriter partner and- You did it at a time, right? Yeah. When it I mean, came out and when it was- it came, num- it came out, it was awesome. We were best friends, Mariah and I. Do you know that song is going to be as big as it- I hear this all the time from, I mean, the same way that you ask a comic, like, do you know that was going to be an iconic joke or- Yeah. But I think more so for songs, I yeah. think, because songs just- Yeah. I think more so than a, than a comedy bit have just more nostalgia, more emotional attachment, yeah. right? It's just the nature of music, right? Yeah. So uh, as you're doing it, are there- I want to go back. You said like being in the studio, three different studios was awesome. So I'm assuming that part of that awesomeness is the creation, right? And the collaboration and then like looking at each other and and building moments and going, oh, what the fuck? This could be, you want to think everything you're doing is, could be the next thing, right? 
Well, yeah, songwriters and producers, you know, we all have that belief that, oh my God, this is a fucking hit. This yeah. is a smash, you know. Um, and you kind of like, that's what you aim for. You try to, you know, you learn the craft of writing a radio song. Like you don't write six minute songs. You'll write three minute songs mm. because you know that's what gets on the radio. So, so in pop music, you start from day one learning how to do songs that are for radio. Gotcha. I mean, the Beatles had two minute songs, you know, 220, whatever. So when we're doing songs, you know, we try to keep, we conform to that sort of, it's not a cookie cutter, but it's a formula of how to get, There is. you know. So like I did a song once for, with New Kids on the Block. Yeah. And uh, it was one of those, um, I mean, everyone who heard this song went crazy, but. You're saying like in the studio or who you'd. All share of us, it with yeah. the record company, oh, all wow. of us, oh, everything. Wow. But it was it was during their the end of their not careers. Obviously, they're still big. Yeah, new kids on the block. But it was the end of this kind of era that they they had crossed over the billion dollar act mark already, and they were sort of losing their momentum and popularity. But still, right. were so radio stations decided not to play them anymore, not to play new kids on the block. So this song comes out. If you go away, it's called, and it was like. If you go away, girl. It's yeah. fucking a beautiful song. Dude. Yeah, so it was really great. You've seen it live. I've been there. I've yeah. said, it's done a live, but yeah. so the thing is, all the radio stations uh, were getting phone call, all the calls from all the screaming girl fans. It was the, the number f- one requested song, but these fucking radio station program directors wouldn't play it. Get the fuck out of here! Because they're saying, no, you know, and you don't know music. You know, new kids on the block are old news, man. We don't play. We don't want to play it. Bro, but case in point, one, people are calling in. Like, number one requested song. Don't for you, weeks. It, it's it goes back to when I worked at, worked at Albertsons and people would come in the customer service booth and complain about shit. My boss would at the end of the day go, dude, the customer's always right. Yeah, and I was like, hey, man. Yeah. Doesn't that somewhat apply to exactly? You have to give like I don't but, care if you you know fucking Don you know pimple popper yeah. thinks that like new kids are. It's like you got to listen to the people, yeah, man. man. And the thing is, is it's kind of like politics. You know, uh, it, I mean, these old dudes are going to tell every woman, these young girls, wow, what to do with their bodies in the, in the country, I'm sorry, what to do with their um yeah. with the uh, I mean, their song on, choices. You know, and you know, it's like it, it that's the way of the world. So anyway, new kids uh never had a I mean, they didn't get that fair single because it, it would have gone number one. It was wow, and who knows song. what would have happened? I mean, yeah. everything happens for a reason. They took their break, they came yeah. back, you know, they're yeah. popping off again, but sure. But man, that is interesting. I didn't yeah. realize the power well, I realized the power of radio because just in growing up in that era where, I mean, I was making mixtapes mix off of the radio songs like and hoping that I would have the cassette in there and be able to time it out when my song comes on. But guess what? Every song either starts with a little bit of the DJ segueing it in or 10 or 15 seconds in because even if I was in the shower and I heard the song come on, I was like, fuck, I got to hit record so I can yeah, add yeah, this yeah, to yeah, the yeah, next, yeah. Yeah. you know, put it in the, uh, the yeah. rotation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, anyway, so t- t- I don't know what the coming out of the nineties and then you get into this decade to where now we're getting into more, um, once you're stacking Grammys and a resume, right? Is that like, is that important in your world just as any other one where people now want to work with you because, um, you know, in, 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 in the nineties, if you got a Grammy for something like I, I got a Grammy for producer of the year. 
So wow. the producer of the year Grammy is a very coveted, hard as fuck to get Grammy. Yeah, dude. It's not like a song like you get, you know, uh, nowadays, you know, Grammy Award for Record of the Year or yeah. Best New Artist or, you know, Song of the Year or whatever, whatever, Album of the Year. It's the general public who knows that song or that album is their favorite, whatever. But a producer is a special committee that votes and picks out the top producers of that year. Yes. So, I mean, it's hard to get in there amongst five slots, you know. So that was a big year. Although I was nominated many, many times, but to actually win a Grammy, it's, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. Nowadays, and, and what happens, at least back then in the 90s and whatever, it, it, that's a really huge deal. People start calling you, yeah, I want to work with you, I want to work with you. But um, I was exclusive to Sony Music. Like okay. I couldn't work with anybody I wanted. It's a blessing and a curse. It was a, it was more of a curse at the end, a blessing in the beginning. For 10 years, I did all the Sony, Columbia, yeah. Yeah. you know, all, all that, uh, which was all the artists we were just talking yeah. about, Mariah, Celine, everybody, everybody. So um, even like Billy Joel and, you know, Bruce Springsteen, they were all Sony artists. Holy Michael Jackson shit. got to work with him. I mean, that Shut was- Shut the fuck up on what? Yeah, well, I did a song with him called uh, Fall Again. Um, funniest story- would you like to hear the funny story? I'm okay. Walter, when you were 15, <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah, please, dude. Oh, I no, want no, a story no. time from you. This is one of the best stories. So I was, um, that year, it, the Grammys were in New York and at Radio City Music Hall, which yeah. I totally miss. It was so classy and cool in New York City. It's gotten what, commercialized? No, just... it's, you know, like uh, Staples or whoever the fuck it yeah. is. You know, it's like a big, you know, now, it, last time it was in Vegas, you know. Yeah. Who cares? Um, so this year we had uh, a lot of success and everybody was really cool. I had just maybe, I don't know, it was, it was right when I did all those Disney songs. This is why the story is so amazing. So we were all at a Sony Grammy party after the Grammy Awards. And it was like, everybody's in there, man. It was like anybody, everybody. In fact, there's a photograph of me standing with all the, you know, everyone. Legends. Did you Michael, en- everybody. You know. Did you enjoy these things? Because you're a fun, I partied with you. You're a fun yeah, social it was, dude. It was really nice, yeah. but still. Um, so Tommy Matola, who was the chairman, the Sony president. Yes. Like he was the guy. He was the, my boss, everyone's boss. And, th- and he would do what? He would, the one who ultimately picked the artists that were going to be on the label? He's the ultimate decision maker of what goes on a record sometimes, even, well, first of all, Mariah Carey was his wife eventually. That's so what, he was yeah. very, very very careful with mm. her career, her choices, her, you know, collaborations and all that stuff. I mean, he didn't tell Michael Jackson what to do, but he certainly told some people what to do sure. because, you know, it was very, very hands-on. Yeah. We're at this big party and he comes over to me, he goes, hey, come on, let's uh, let's go say hi to Michael Jackson. You know, I go, let's, let me introduce you to Michael Jackson. So I go, so oh, even yeah, he's so, fanning out. Yeah, so he's like, yeah, come on, let's go. So Michael is sitting in this couch or on this chair. I walk up and Tommy... To Michael goes, Mike, I want you to say hello to Walt. Walt just did all these beautiful songs for Disney. He did, you know, Whole New World, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Michael Jackson is looking at me and he's hearing Walt and Disney. So in his his Michael Jackson fucked up way. Yeah. He grabs and my he's thinking like a kid. Yeah, he's he grabs my hand. He starts going, "Oh, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse, I love Mickey Mouse. Walt, such a pleasure, Mickey." He thought it was Walt fucking Disney. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm like, no, I'm not Walt Disney. And oh. Tommy goes, get out of here, Michael. This is, this is Walter A., not Walt Disney. This guy thought I was Walt Disney. How bummed out was he I, to know that Walt you were- Walt Disney fucking died 30 years <laughs> before that, man. Yeah, like, simple math, like, dude. <laughs> I love Mickey Mouse. I love Mickey Mouse. Oh, like, he starts doing a Donald Duck impression no, for man, you? No, it was just so weird, man. Wow. And then part two- By the way, you're the- I guarantee you that's probably only happened that time ever, ever. where Michael Jackson thought he met Walt Disney yeah. and you got to feel it. Yeah. You got to look yeah. into his eyes yeah. and see what it would look like, yeah. which nobody did, even Mike, because he never met him because yeah. he died 30 yeah, years right. prior to that moment. Yeah. That's bonkers. But then it happened again. What? Michael Jackson and I are in New York in the studio. Like, this is Mario Lopez? No. So no. We, we're doing the song that... My my dear friend Robin Thick, singer. Yes, incredible. He and I wrote this song called Fall Again. Michael, you know, he has his kids in the other room with his Israeli bodyguards and he's in the vocal booth. Yeah. His engineer is sitting next to me and it's me, the three of us. We're we're in there for two days, three days, right? And on like the second or third day we're in the studio, he's looking at the lyrics and it says Fall Again and the two writers it's like me and Robin Thicke. But it says Walter A. Because everybody called me Walter A. Yeah. So he's looking at the thing and he always has a video camera on him. He's always looking at his, you know, t t TV screen of his own image because sure. he's in a whatever. So. Yeah. so he's looking at me and he's looking at the lyric and he's like going, Walter A. Walter A. I thought you were Master P. And I go, I looked at the, the engineer. I go, is he fucking kidding? He goes, no, he thought you were Master P. Do you know Master P's African-American big guy with the hat? Yeah, teeth? yeah. I'm not Master, I clearly. Not with that attitude, but yeah, yeah, no, you're definitely. So I go, Michael, first you thought it was Walt Disney. Now you think I'm Master P. <laughs> it's this fucking guy, man. You know? Oh, anyway, my God. Yeah, Master P. Uh, does, you know? okay, well, clearly, so, you know, brilliant in the studio mike yeah oh, i mean yes absolutely because i don't know how you rank the people you've worked with when you do you have just the same way there's a formula to writing a hit radio song is there a requirement or a beat sheet of like here's what i expect in the studio and here's what what if we have like the ideal experience here's what we're all walking away with yeah yeah well and first does, of all, did mike exceed those yeah. michael had um you know his his way of doing things because he's Michael, like Mariah Carey has her way of doing things. Barbara Streisand has her way of doing things. You know, when I work with you know Whitney Houston or Aretha Franklin or any of any people, oh my they God. All, like Luther Vandross definitely has his own way. What about Goofy? What was he like? I never worked with Goofy. I thought you were. No, that was yeah. Oh, that was my brother. Yeah. <laughs> Just calling it back. Uh, so, but but what you do is you go into a studio with two types of artists. Number one, you're either working with an artist songwriter like Mariah, because she would write with me all the songs. Okay, so that's a different beast then. So that's a whole different thing. She she can come up with whatever she wants. She's a songwriter in this. So if she wants to change the note, please do. Gotcha. If we wrote a song or somebody picked a song for somebody like Celine, who's not a writer, Celine Dion is in the studio and I need to direct her like a film director going, Ooh. okay, read the lines as they are. You can't change the lines. You can't change any. So we need to get, you know, some really good takes out of you. And then we're going to put a comp together, composite. Yep. And we're going to, you know, tune where it needs to be tuned. Yep. 
time it better if it needs to be timed. And that's a different artist. So there's two different types. Gotcha. Michael was always a writer, artist. And, you know, other people are like, just tell me what to do. I was going to say, some people, and that's fine, right? Yeah. Some they, people are just they like. They want that. Yeah. They go, you know, I'm not saying I'm like a, a like a big time director like Steven Spielberg or something like that would always be on set. I, I'm sure actors are going, please just tell me. Give me a line reading. Just, just tell me what to do. Yes. You know, direct me. Yes. Great. Let's get an Oscar. Let's what do, it. do you prefer? I prefer that. I prefer me being in control. Gotcha. So, you know, um, but clearly there's those, those legends like Streisand. She always listens to me she'll go yeah i love that and i love that chord and i love the melody but she'll even tell like we were doing an album once and she was doing a lot of steven sondheim songs mm. steven sondheim genius you can't change yeah. fucking <laughs> no, no. words or notes on a steven song especially after it's into been the out. woods no but especially after it's been out like send in the clowns or some mega yeah standard that's locked in you know barbara would have like a suggestion instead of this word maybe we can change and steven would be on the phone what like in like i'm on i'm in the room barbara and steven sondheim's on the phone well i don't like that you know barbara like you know how he talked He's like Walter. Don't let her do that. <laughs> you know. Oh my God! But um, and and then I'll I'll put in a couple of different chords. Like I I love changing chords yeah. substitutions. Yeah. He'll go. I like that one, but I don't like that one. Go back to the, the you know oh the chord I wrote. God. Although there's other people who just they don't want you changing anything mm. ever. You know. So. So because I would see videos of that's fascinating. By the way, thank you for this pulling the curtain back yeah. uh just a little bit i have seen many of videos of mike like you know just like you were doing up top like you know like and so yeah. so that's a there's not everyone's like that in the studio where they're they're hearing what it should be and they're just like right and then they're like laying it out and then hoping yeah. that you just then get that down for them to then some yeah. people but but the thing about michael is like if this if it's a song he loved because he heard a demo of it mm. like the record company will send him songs and yeah like oh i love this song yeah so there's no surprises he already knows the song he gotcha. knows how it goes there'll be a little bit of a rough spot for him we'll work it out you know because you know at the end of the day um not everybody can do whatever you know it's like yeah. you can't do everything yeah uh other people like like for instance luther vandros he i mean he could do one take and, and it's, crush it. It's just done. Oh my God. I, I can just one take, you know. Here and now. Did you do that? I didn't do that. I did an album with him called. Um, All right. This has been Walter. Uh, thank you for coming by. No. <laughs> fuck song, songs. It's all these famous Motown and songs. But it's just, it's just covers. Uh, wow. But we did a song from a Broadway musical called The Impossible Dream. And we did it with the London Symphony, man. Oh, my God. And he did one take, and everybody was crying. Like, oh, my God. It's like, just, please, anybody who has the uh, uh, a way, go, go on Spotify or whatever and just call up Luther Vandross' The Impossible Dream. Man. One take. One take. One take. That's rare, no? It's totally rare. I've done artists, some of these I won't mention. Sure. I did an artist once who had 70 takes. Of a full song or? She had to sing 70 times. Dear God. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to say she. Sure. But she's a huge star. Closer. Man, a huge star. Wow. 
Uh, some people That's frustrating. Do, some people do perfectionist like crazy shit. Mariah would sing perfectly most of the time, you know, but she just, she always wanted to better it. And yeah. Just, you know, top it. And but you can't it. hate on that, right? No. Like you want to encourage that. But, but it gets to the point where you go, Mariah, come on, man. It's like we have 30, 40 tracks. It's fine. And There's nothing there. You frying know? your pipes probably. You got to be somewhat conservative of that or no? Is that? I mean, I, I at some point in time, a Michael Bolton song that we did, When a Man Loves a Woman. He calls me after the album's already pressed. The album's already like almost about to come out. He calls me and he goes, I need to re-sing When a Man Loves a Woman. And I go, whoa, why? It's perfect. Can you imagine if I'm at Sam Goody about to pick up a copy and he shows up and just goes, give me that no, and no, grabs no, it no. out of my hand? So before it comes out, he goes, we got to do it. And I go, why? It's perfect. <sighs> yeah. Turns out that somebody at the label at Columbia got in his head did a review of that song and said uh you know and he he got this like insecurity about oh, it man right and it was just so un unnecessary so i flew to la he's there we started singing and by the way we worked a week on that song that i mean that was a heavy song to say yeah. i mean it's oh yeah and, he's belting yeah so it was like perfect and it was done and now he's trying to do it all over again in one day what it took already four or five days to do and it's not getting it's nowhere near it's it sucks it's sucking ass and i'm looking at it about three hours into it he looks at me and he goes this is dumb right i go yeah you're a fucking idiot you can't you can't beat that no he goes ah, sorry i wasted your time man wow song won a grammy wow so, male best pop vocal you know grammy award for michael that year so, so you know, people just get insecure about shit, and they got to go do it again and again and again. And I get it, like with actors, like when you do your scenes. I don't know how many scenes takes you guys did. Oh yeah, uh, for for heat or for fucking whatever all those parts yeah. that you do. Yeah, I mean, it could be one take, it could be two, it could be five. It, I don't know. Oh, bro, and, and yeah, there are times when, uh, I mean, shit. Even on Pam and Tommy, there was like, yeah, we did a f uh, certain scenes would maybe be two or three, and then some a few more. And then there were times when I'm like, oh, I would love one more. And But you pick and choose when to speak up because you see things depending on where in the day it falls and like what they're, what they need to get to and what, and it, you know, to your point on, on this Bolton story, it's like at some point you also are like, am I over editing? Am I over, am I being overly yeah. uh, critical of what like that was, you know, but in your head, you're just like, this is fucking it. And then you also just don't know what's going to be used in editing. You're like, I could give one more. They could still pick the first one. But like, for instance, a different director from one from another, like um, Paul. Um, Feig. Feig yeah. would be, you know, different than, you know. Totally. Like, so he might say, he might say that was perfect, Adam. Yep. Uh, he, he and he know, is like that he yeah. like he just gave me a little part in this netflix movie he's doing that's like charlie staring and ben kingsley it's called yeah. the school of good and evil and and uh like a fantasy film and 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 i came in with uh, some choices made these choices he was like i'm thinking it's more like this i'm like okay we did like three or four that way and then i go all right now that i'm seeing i think what you're seeing how about this he goes yeah yeah, yeah that's good too so now add that on top of what i was thinking and then did one of those, and he goes, yeah. And then I go, I'm thinking this too. And he goes, yeah, yeah, try that. Did it, and he goes, nailed it. And then patted me on, and then that was that. Good. And it was like this yeah, really collaborative, exploratory, um, which is my favorite way to do it, you yeah. know, instead of just being like, I'm going to do this, and having someone go, cool, do that. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Give me something. I was, uh, I was, um, I have this friend of mine, uh, 
Tom Jane. Mm. Uh, Thomas Jane. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me when they were doing, when they were shooting Boogie Nights. Oh, yeah. And there's this um, scene where they're at this coffee table snorting a bunch of blow. Yes. And the camera's underneath the the, cof- the glass coffee table. Yeah. And you could see everybody. Yeah. He said that uh, Paul uh, Anderson, the, the mm. director, was like, I want you just to just keep going and keep rolling and try different types and different ways and, you know, do just, you know, just keep going <laughs> and it wasn't cocaine obviously yeah. it was like but but yeah. still they had to snort this yeah baby powder yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. it was but there's a thing where they have to keep going and going and going some uh and i'm like going wow man that's kind of and then later on they edit it but i mean it's the same thing with music man it's it, gotta you're almost like a manager in a way no uh no like i mean just all these things you're mentioning with like certain artists, like there's different personalities that you, cause I mean, are you, you're holding court in the studio. Yeah. When you guys go in, are you kind of like, well, I'm, I'm the, um, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm the sort of the boss. Yes. You know, it's like, you know, all right, places, everyone, you yep. gotta, you know, now we're going to do this. Now yep. we're going to do that. So uh, the order of the day yeah. is you're, yeah. you've structured it and, out. And, 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 and now I'll go, I, I need one more. I need one. Like there's a story that I have about Celine Dion which is a wonderful example of what a producer can be um, capable of. Yeah, yeah. So we're in Montreal doing uh, her album, and there's a song in the album called With This Tear, and Prince wrote it. Oh, my God. For, for Celine. And Real quick, is that normal? Not really, no. I mean, Prince wrote, you know, for Sinead O'Connor. Yes. I mean, you know, like people write, Stevie Wonder wrote for, you know, a lot of people. Uh, so Prince wrote this song and it wasn't good for him, but he wrote it and he goes, I want Celine to do it. And the song is called With This Tear. And it was the saddest song you can ever hear. It's about somebody who dies, the, your love who's dead. Oh, man. And it's she's thinking with this tear, she's, she's thinking about him. You know, I deem want, I want you back in my life yeah. and I just can't live without you and you're gone. You know, that kind of thing. So we're all like... In Montreal, we're playing ping pong. Everybody's having fun. She plays ping pong. You know, no, her husband Renee. Oh. Me and her, but yeah, you know, everybody's yeah. like, you know, joking around. We're all laughing, and and you know, her mom and dad are down the street, and all her brothers and sisters. She's at home, and it's Celine Dion, and whatever, whatever. So it's a happy yes, day, good vibes, right? It's a happy vibe. Yeah. So we start singing this song. So she's like going, you know, literally with a smile on her face, going with this tear, you know. And I'm like, oh no, didn't get z- zero you know, emotion or sadness or anything like that. So I was like, oh, fuck. Um, all right, let's try it again. Let's just, you know, just kind of, it's got to be a little darker, a little more sad, you know. So that's take one. Yeah. So and right out of the gate, you're just like, all right, all right, how do I get her to? We need you to sell this song to everybody out there and have them feel the pain that you're you're feeling. And she's like going, I don't know if I can do that. Go there, yeah. You know, it's I'm so happy <laughs> like that. I wow. Go. So anyway, I kind of so I literally did this. Celine, who's the most important person in your life? She goes, my mother. And I go, what if your mother has died? Like, think about your mother dying. <gasps> and she's she just went, oh, don't even go there. Don't go there. Don't you dare say that. And I'm like, oh, no, please. You need to think about something so important, the love of your life being dead like that. 
And I, I may even, I don't know what else to say to you. But she's like going, I can't think about that. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, you're going to make me cry. I'm thinking about marriage. And I go, please, think about it. And I go, roll it. Roll the tape. And she's like, with this tear. And I mean, it was breathtaking. It was breathtaking. Holy like, literally, shit, just man. completely like tear jerking. And when you hear it, she's really feeling, you know, her pain now if she hadn't gotten there would you have like called her mom in and been like lay down on the couch like let's pale her up a little i'm, I'm you probably know. gonna say that if eventually you know like an actor director like yeah well, can i talk to you, you know, you're, yes you really really need to get yeah. to this place but mo more often than not what are in Maybe, your experience they're they're uh you know uh, uh capable enough to be like here's the circumstance i need you to think about this right here's some stuff to to grasp onto yeah. and you could see it and then it was just like fucking go time right yeah it was a it was a very uh welcome moment when she started singing the right way because it, i mean you know not everybody can just turn on a dime and, right but actors to me like comics and actors to me that's the hardest gig in the world like mm. you need to go you know like cry on camera or, yeah. you know what i mean it's crazy for me you know and same thing in a song. I mean, you got to you got to sell the lyrics. Did she feel it? She felt, and she was very grateful. And then Prince called us because we sent him the, you know, the the take, yeah. uh, and we comped it, whatever. And he calls, and he's like, "I just want to tell you guys that you you know you did such an amazing job, Walter. You did such a great, you know, whatever." Oh my god, Prince, dude. Prince, Prince. Thanks, Prince. Yeah, uh, but it, you know, but you get to these you get to these places in your career, and it's like, wow, man, I got to be there. I was just gonna say, are those things lost on you? Are you always because you got to find that balance of like fan and profesh, yeah. right? Yeah. But but also, I always say, what's the point of fuck? You got into this because of the fan fun factor, right? So everyone, like our world, like it's so if you're not allowing yourself some of that, like like I don't know. I mean, you tell me, were there times where you're in the studio and you're looking over and you're like, that's fucking Lady Gaga. Like I'm fucking telling her what to sing right now it's yeah like yeah i mean when you're when like sitting in the studio like the first day i worked with barbara streisand that was like you know i met barbara streisand i didn't really meet her but i stood in front of her when i was seven or eight years old she was on on a film set in san francisco of a film she did called what's up doc Ryan O'Neill, Barbara Streisand, and it was on the streets. So my elementary school was right down the street, and our teacher said, "Hey kids, we're going to take a little field trip down the street where they're, you know, shooting a movie." And she's already then. He, that's Barbara Streisand, yes, you know. Yes. So we we kind of so I knew of her, and about so cut to the very first day in the studio. I'm like, Jesus, I get to work with with her, you know, and I really, really, you know. Um, I, I I guess I did a great job because she she's very judge you know like she doesn't particular. like everybody yeah she's very particular but she she took a liking to me so so I've stayed her producer for for five six albums now you know that's what we do we write songs to get on albums yes. for for artists you know so I'm writing some Christmas music hopefully for someone like Barbara or somebody to sing well let me ask you this yeah <laughs> let me ask you this writing. Just going back now uh, to the Christmas world for a, bi uh, a beat. Um, all I want for Christmas is you. You, uh, you know, we got enough on a little tangent, but what comes first with that? Take me through just like sitting down with Mariah. You've done albums. 
yeah. this is this song comes at what point in your uh journey together right at, after yeah. quite a bit right yeah we've done we've done um at that point i think we did two or three albums so far already okay and it was in 1994 so yeah i've i started working with mariah in 19 89 90 yes so so this is well into our relationship of producer songwriting partners we've mm. written many songs together and you know it's it's a thing now but back then in the 90s christmas albums were not like not nowadays people they do christmas everyone wants to do a christmas album some artists do a christmas album first because it's a huge they're so popular they're so popular so it's inevitable at some point if you're a successful recording artist yeah. to just go when are we doing the Christmas album? Yeah, but back then... Let me throw this out there. Hanukkah, dude, we are waiting for our hit, baby. So, yeah. But think of it that a record company would always go, look at a Christmas album. That that happens at the end of your career. You know, like in the... In Whoa! The, you know, that's that's when... That's back Just in those one days, song. When you end up in Vegas, that's the end of your career. Nowadays, people want Start to be a residency, in yeah. residency. Christmas albums were the same thing. Like, you know, nobody does a Christmas album. That's like when you're old and kind of- Laying on the piano you know, with your hoo-ha. You're just about ready yeah. to retire or something like that. So, <laughs> But Mariah was uh, just a Christmas freak. She loves Christmas. She was very, 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 just like a little girl when, when it comes to- Passionate you know, about the holiday and the festivities. All, all of that stuff. So so she, she invited me, her and Tommy, her husband- um, and they were renting a house, I think, at that time. And, you know, we were all um, in in this writing stage first. We were always together writing songs, writing songs. And then after we wrote for, you know, six months or whatever, she'd pick all the favorite ones. And then we'd start kind of recording the, the recording process. So in this particular time and place, as I remember it, we wanted to have a bunch of different covers of Christmas songs. Mm. And we wanted to write some originals, so I, I kind of go, well, you know, Mariah, there's like three ca- like three categories of Christmas music. There's the fun, you know, the kids, yeah, you know, uh, Jingle Bells, yep. Frosty the Snowman, all yep. that crap. Then there's this sort of like a romantic area of Christmas songs, you know, I'll be home for Christmas, all yeah. this like you know World War II stuff, and and then there's this religious batch of Christmas, you know, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, you yeah. know, Joy to the World, all yeah. that shit. So I go, why don't we write one like that, one like this, and one like that? You know, so uh, we wrote this really beautiful sort of a religious thing. It's called Jesus uh, Born on This Day. And it's very kind of classical. It has a kid's choir, and it's all beautiful and everything. Then we wrote this really romantic kind of a ballad called Miss You Most at Christmas. About that then, crushed. Yeah, it's a, it's a great song. Yeah. And then, you know, we started kind of messing around with the theme of the album, was a little gospel, a little kind of like uh, Phil Spector meets, you know, old rock and roll kind of stuff vibe. Um, so we kind of went into that direction. So kind of like boogie woogie rock and roll piano. And then, you know, we started to play around with this thing. And she started singing and we sort of, you know, came up with these sections, the verse, you know, uh, then we had this really cool chorus you know i just want you for my own all i want for christmas is you and and usually you remember like the moment like playing I remember, that i remember i remember doing you know 
you know, the piano. It's a really hard song to play. Fuck yeah. Because, you know, it's like really fast and you just got to keep going. Anyway, we, we, we got this really great idea out and she was going to go finish the lyrics and I was going to go home where I lived in San Francisco and I'm going to just start plotting out the musical track. Okay, so you laid down a... We a, just had a rough know, yeah like draft. Here's, here's the sections yeah, gotcha yeah. didn't even have an intro or anything yet and she's just kind of singing some words yeah, and then like some melodies some melodies some some cool things yeah and we, so we got like most most of the direction kind of done because i'm always curious if there's like a somewhere out there like for her just as she's trying to find the lyrics well, still she, singing like yeah. a well she says nowadays she when she tells the story of how we wrote the song she said that she has carried since her childhood some of this all i want for christmas is you melody and mm. lyrics i don't i don't remember it that way wow. i remember it being in the moment you know we kind of were in the moment sure she didn't go hey man i have this really I, old idea which you feel like would be the appropriate and time. it kind of goes like this walter can you play that for a second okay so this is my old nothing no it was like none of that like we just created it right gotcha. there and then yeah so three original songs so i went home and I started messing around. So I actually came up with this rubato. I don't want a lot for Christmas. You know, it's like it's almost conducted kind of. Oh, yeah. It's and, and I, and epic. I, yeah, it's and, what people remember most about that song because anywhere, anytime you hear that, people get yeah, their, yeah. They, they puff their chest up because they know they're about to belt the chorus. Yeah, exactly. And, and it was a timpani and a... This is a juice in this, by the way. Tubular bells and, yeah. you know, all these strings and all this stuff. You built I, all that out at, I at built home. it all out. And I sort of didn't even know if she was going to like this whole rubato intro. And then it stops. All I want for Christmas. And then I go. And then the whole thing takes off. So she liked the track. I went to New York. And it was just me on the track. There's only one person playing everything. Me. And then she sang with her uh, girls, uh, all the vocals. And we were in New York doing that. Um, and the thing is, she liked everything, and it just became, it wasn't like in our heads at any time that this was going to become what it would become. I thought Miss You Most at Christmas was going to be the big song because it was this Mariah ballad. And, and lo and behold, the first year that it came out, it didn't go so so perpetually nowadays it's like exponentially every year yes it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and for the last three years in a row it goes number one on the billboard top 100 every year and that's no it's never been that's like a world guinness whatever all those records for how many years has it done that um it goes number one um as a christmas song for 25 years now so it's the number one Christmas song every year on the Christmas charts, but it's been going number one on the pop top one, you know, the top 100 for the last few years. Mo, I mean, you, you know, how many times have you heard it, sung it, felt yeah. it every year? That's what's crazy about it is that you go, there's not, there's certain things in this world, whether it's fucking pop tarts, sex, uh, uh, fucking uh, Tom Hanks where everyone knows what's up everyone's like yeah I know of that I've done that I've been a part of that I've experienced that yeah that song is in that same boat you know no, find really, anyone like truly it's really strange I mean I, I get to talk 
I get to tell the story. I get to be in this one of two people on Earth's place. Like, and you know, my kids, my grandkids, my wife, Katie, <clears throat> my parents, all of our friends. There's this thing that happened in my life that we're all like greatly, you know, we benefit. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, you know, it makes a lot of money. Yeah, half of it goes to, you know, uh, my family over there. You know, that's uh, really sweet. So, um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of wonderful things that have become you know, at least my so i'm very grateful for that i mean not to mention all the other songs that i got to do with mariah and everybody else it's it's been a wonderful you know it's not over yet but no still, you're you know, i feel like you're just uh now now i'm more interested in scoring films so that's what i'm going to be doing no mostly. shit yeah because you know i can't compete anymore with this hip-hop this top 40 radio this you know it's not going to happen even like what am i going to do work with billy eilish no billy eilish works with her brother you know whatever right and, and i'm not going to probably i almost got to do a christmas album with uh lady gaga you mentioned yes. Lady Gaga, um but i don't think that's going to happen either because you know people just say something and they want and they change their minds and so is it a little bit because i feel like with your track record and your resume that there are artists out there that would know that and know that you're still operating at a high level would want to be a part of that would want to be like the same way that you see like nba players will go practice in the summertime with guys who are fresh out of the league uh or 10 years out of the league you know michael jordan still works out with yeah. young guys so yeah. it's like why wouldn't you want to be yeah have the best like be around that well here it, it, from what i get i mean if 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 I had my way, I would be doing Broadway, mm. you know, music. I write Broadway musical. Well, I've wanted to write a musical for my entire life. So yeah. So and it's a Let's really hard, out. really hard thing because it takes a long time. Oh yeah. And you're competing with a million shows that are being written yes. every single day, you know. And it's a really hard. There's only so many theaters, and it's a really hard club to get into. It's very, very hard. Um, secondly, film scores really hard club to get into because mm. all the cats in LA who are all scoring films I mean Danny Elfman and you know all the all the major guys are you know there's a, there's like a hundred really top guys Hans Zimmer is the number one you know, incredible all the way yeah down. so you got to go try to get in there somehow you know and I've I don't have the how know, do you do that I, you got to have an agent you got to have the luck of just it's luck Networking really, yes. too, right? Just like maybe being at a Hans Zimmer fucking, you know, ice cream social at some point. Just it could be, it could be a little bit. My my experience is if I get in and become friends and friendly and prove to a director, you know, like oh, I have now, like Paul, yeah, Fink, uh, Taika Waititi is a really dear friend of mine, mm. who is you know, you know, Jeff, Jeff Thompson, all these like director friends who. And and foreign directors that I am very friendly with, um, but somehow I have to prove to them, hey yeah. man, I can score your movie. Yeah, and and they're involved in in a very big deal way too because they have a huge studio. Like, a, what what is Tyga gonna? Hey, I'm gonna use my friend Walter. No, he's got to go through, you know, Marvel and and uh, every studio pr and the producers and you know he can't just decide that. But it's the director ultimately, as you know, who's gonna. So I'm doing, I'm actually starting a very huge movie, uh, hopefully at the end of this year. Wow. Uh, and next year, it's an epic um, uh, film about, uh, you know, like the the Persian Empire. It's Holy like, shit. Know, it's about this uh, uh, 
Tamerlan, this big ruler of the Persian Empire. And it's like one of those, you know, like gladiator shots, meets yeah. Troy meets, you know, Whoa. So I get to finally do, you know, that kind of a thing. Are you pumped? Totally pumped. You love to work. I love it. You love what you do still. Yeah, I think I think um I think that it's um yeah. I mean it's the only thing that makes me cry, music. Yeah. You know, like I'll listen to music and it just like I was watching this last season of American Idol. Yeah. To to, to be oh, very cheesy right now. Spent a lot of tears on that show. There's a girl, Nicolina, this singer that just ruined when she sang like she she did the finale this last sunday night the they picked the winner but she sang with sarah Bareilles, one of her songs it's also incredible and it's just every time she sings i cry wow. me and katie just my wife we just sit there and cry there's only a few singers that could do that you know like a movie that you have been watching and you yes. just start bawling yes like, you know i don't care if it's color purple or steel magnolias or whatever but six but, yeah cool but not lines. every movie yeah. does that right so it has to be yeah a certain level of emotional just like it hits me and that's the way it is with artists you know you got to be able to hit me you know I, I, otherwise i don't want to work with you is that your kind of i love that and that also does translate over to comedy oh, as yeah. far as like you people want to laugh but the connection there's there has to be an emotional attachment yeah. to what we're saying for yeah. you to feel compelled no. to laugh and the laughing sometimes yeah there's an overarching silliness that comes with it but people yeah. need to feel invested and connected yeah but if i may say please um, of all of the comics that i'm always in the audience because katie's you know has her shows and yep. we're all everyone's there. at the laugh factory there's very little there there are very few comedians who make me laugh because you watch not, so much not, i have i have a really great sense of humor yeah. i do but most most comics don't make me laugh you're one of the comics who makes me pee in my pants laughing whoa so <laughs> you amir like oh, yeah. there's these guys out there and there's so little of you that just make me <laughs> i believe in this yeah man wow you know um what why now is it be, i'll say this i feel like i'm present a hundred percent of the time all the time and i think amir is too yeah well you guys are e extraordinary improv improvis you know like yeah your spontaneity right your instant rapport like you go over there and instantly you make it so not any it's not a right. it's such a talent man mm. like you know i mean i think you're a good actor too but man when i when you're on stage you're so fucking funny it's crazy Thanks, but man. and it's not like you know like a lot of comics have you know they they do some jokes you know all the time they're yep. you know they have their show like there's comics that repeat their exact from the moment they open their mouth Bro, there's a the, bunch of brilliant ones that you do know that. whatever but it's the same thing and if yes. you see them five ten twenty times you kind of loses the effect sure but you you're always different you always have a you know you always have some cool thing <laughs> and i think it's the scariest job in the world mm. like literally to be a comic i mean what if somebody starts heckling you or just, you know yeah. or fucking you've seen it dave Chappelle, you know comes at you with yeah a, that's a knife a, man yeah that's a list of concerns yeah. now yeah uh i i love that you said the um that you uh i can't get over how that you said at the beginning of this podcast how awesome it is to just be in the studio because that to me and the few times i've been in studios and watched people work and again the the collaboration that happens i'm curious 
did you always like as a kid what what was the music that that found you that yeah. got you because i'm assuming you didn't just find this in your no. 20s this no. to be doing what you're doing has to have been like from the get-go yeah it was uh it was when i was five years old uh six years old uh and i heard the beatles for the first time i my parents moved to san francisco in 1962 i was born in 1958 so in 1964 when she loves you yeah and all the beatles stuff starts coming out i started to listen to that and literally my my daydream my just fantasy is that they're gonna knock on my door and I'm gonna get to be in the Beatles one day. And this is, you know, and I was a little kid just sitting on on, on my bed. My parents bought this like little AM radio mm. and I had it tuned to a station called KFRC in San Francisco. And when the Beatles came on, it would be, it was like, that was it. They're, they're the reason. And following their very short career, which is, only up until 1969, and then they broke up. But the amount of versatility and the 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 whole body of their work is so massively, like it's so crazy. Yeah, it's not just one thing over and over again. You know, like there are groups that you know oh, it's just a different song, but it sounds similar you know, chords, like whatever. Yeah. You know, and so that got me interested in music, and I just started paying attention to music. And I've always studied piano. And I always play drums, mm. and I always play guitar, and I just kind of like think that it's it's something that always came easy for me, and I'm uh, probably one of the most lazy people because I could never have a job like anywhere doing anything except for music. Fuck that! Like, yeah, I don't you know, know how. Yeah, so, and it just kind of you know got me through it. But I man, I used to play in cover bands, oh yeah, wedding bands. Oh, oh my wow. god, man. I used to do, I did three, no, I did four weddings in one day once. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it was hard. There's a you documentary know? there. Yeah, man. And it was like, it was hard, you know, because y you have a dream, but you're playing these like parties and, you know, weddings and bar That's mitzvahs. what people want to hear, right? You know, Freebird, play Freebird. Like, I, we, I, I got beat up once <laughs> at a fucking party that I was For what, at. putting your foot down and being because like- because it was for there was these Lithuanian volleyballers. Oh my god! And my the guitar player goes, yeah, and our keyboard player, this our Russian keyboard player, and it was like during the no 70s, way, you know, Cold War, yeah. and it was like fuck you, Russian, we're gonna take you out back and smack you around, you know, because you know they were under oh. Soviet, you know, communist whatever. So yeah, it was man. like you know it was hard, but yeah, I remember really, really just just wishing. Every day, God, I just wish I don't. I don't want to play celebrate. You know, like celebrate. Oh, good times! Come on. I did a. I did a. <laughs> I played at a at a a party, but it was. It, and I, I'm not saying anything about this. I mean, but it, it was for um, some or, some association or organization for handicapped people, for yeah. mentally handicapped sure. people, whatever. And I just remember this this guy. Uh, standing next to me, um, spitting on me, like literally just spitting on me, because I mean he couldn't help it, but yeah, but it was like this is and nobody's doing anything. This is no, but this is my this is my career. I'm playing. Wow, and I'm being spit on. You know, just taking it. And I would just you know, and I would go home and just the wish. song you were playing, "Take on Me," and you're like, fine. He was, he was changing it to "Spit on Me," and you're <laughs> yeah. like, fucking, all right, that's kind of funny, but still inappropriate. It is, a, yeah. that is funny, yeah. Um, 
But we've had gigs, man, where you forget. Like, I remember one gig. Uh, so my guitar player, Chris Camozzi, he, he ended up being Michael Bolton's guitar player. So we're all 15, 16, 17 years old, yeah. you know, and we're like lugging our equipment and schlepping all over the place. We had this one gig, and it was like um, the Holiday Inn in a place called uh, Livermore, California. Yikes. Up north. This all sounds made up. It's it's cow, it's cow country. <laughs> it's just really literally, you know, and it's um, the night before the cha- the championship 49ers against Dallas Cowboys. Holy shit. So it's the night before Saturday night, and we're playing at this Livermore Holiday Inn. Mm. And we played like light jazz. It was like, you know, Stevie Wonder, you know, Stephen Bishop, you know, a little, like, yeah. you know, George Fun Benson standards. shit, yeah. you know, whatever. So I'm like screwing in the legs of uh, my electric piano. It's called the Fender Rhodes. And I'm screwing the legs and I'm looking out into the bar. Nothing but cowboy hats. Yikes. Wrangler jeans, cowboy boots, cowboy hats. Like a hundred of them. Play spit on me, no, white boy. So, yeah. so, so I'm like screwing in my leg into the <sighs> piano. And the waitress comes up and says, I'm supposed to give you this. And she gives me a napkin. Oh, no. And it says, you better fucking play Waylon, <laughs> Willie, or Hank. That's all. <laughs> oh, That's all it says. Man. And I go, oh, shit. We don't know any of those. Like, zero. So you turn to the band like, hey, so guys. I, so I, t- t- I t- told my guy, Chris Camozzi, I go, do you know any? Oh, shit. He goes, no. <laughs> We played four hours of on the road again, over and over and over again, because they were going to kill us if we did. Did they love it? Well, I mean, eventually y'all yeah. got drunk and yeah. everything like that, but it was just, you know. Oh, my God. That's the kind of shit, man. I remember one time, I mean, it was just, you know, gig after gig, every. Just cutting your teeth. Yeah, you know, just, man. It's all part I, of it in every business. Gonna when is it going to happen? 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 And it happened, you know. I got, I got lucky enough, I got, you know, into a bigger band and. You know, went on tour and, you know, so it, but not everybody, you know, everybody just like all of the, all of the people that I used to do this with, none, none of those guys ever made it out of, you know, that whole. I was just going to say, there's got to be people that you have uh, come up with that you're like, all right, uh, you know, why didn't it happen for them? Or, or they look at you and go, congrats, man. And fuck, like. No, they, they, they have a little bit of both. They go, God, we're so proud of you, but how come it didn't happen for us? Uh, well, not ev- you know, not everybody, I don't know. I mean. There's factors always. I mean, some people. Not everybody wrote the songs that I could, I mean, you know, or arrange or yes. whatever. Yes. Plus I had the, the mother instrument, the yes. keyboards. Yes. You know, you're just the bass player. So, yes. Or, you know, you're the drummer and yes. not very good. Yes. Know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude, there's. You know. A lot of factors. Um, you're a fucking legend. I want to close this out yeah. with, and I could talk to you for hours. We're going to have to do a part two and a part three because <laughs> I feel like Let's we're just it. scratching the surface. I close every episode out with a uh, Inside the Actor Studio 10 questionnaire. Okay. RIP James Lipton. You no doubt would have been on the show at some point, so we're going to uh, get to know uh, Walter. And pronounce your last name? Afanasiev. And that's just Russian. It's a Russian name. Russian Jew over here. Yeah, man. Uh, Ray comes from Brown, which came from Brovernik, but, which was But I, I stand with Ukraine. Me too. Yeah. Always dog. Fuck Russia. Fuck Russia. Um, all right. I'm going to be James Lipton. Here we go. Okay. <clears throat> I'm here with Walter A. Not Walt Disney. Walter A. <laughs> Walter, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Fuck. What is your least favorite word? 
Money. What turns you on? Well, a very, very beautiful piece of music or an incredible musician. Is there one that comes to mind? A melody over, or a song? Over the Rainbow is my favorite song of all time. No shit. Yeah. That's a fucking good one. You know what mine is? Yeah. It's Not Easy Being Green by Kermit oh, the Frog. I love that. I used yeah. to play that every night. For real? It's not that easy being green. Incredible. Beautiful song. I actually love the uh, Ray Charles version oh, I did on The Muppet Show. Insane. I, yeah. Talk about a song that'll make me cry, especially because uh, Jim Henson was my, a fucking god to me. Oh, but my that, god. That, is it Joe Raposo that wrote that song? Um, I'm not 100% yeah. sure, but the chord changes yeah. are insane. They are, right? So I'd good, I'd love man. to hear that from you about oh, that song. Oh, my god. So it's a, it's, a, it's a whole lesson in music in one song. Wow, I love that. What turns you off? Money. What is your favorite curse word? I know fuck is your favorite oh, word. Is, okay, yeah, so yeah. how about this? Use fuck for the curse word. What's your favorite word, just in general? Oh, well, in general, probably, um, you know, um, gosh. The, a word that makes you feel good or a word that you use a lot. Um, Pussy. There it is. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? What sound of noise? What sound or noise oh, do you love? Oh, sound or noise. Um, well... The sound or noise that I love is um, any noise or sound just turns me off. I don't know why. I just love silence. Yeah. Okay. Like, God, well, I just there's you know I mean a, a nice engine, a car engine is nice. I love cars. Gotcha. Okay. You know? Good answer. Yeah. What sound or noise do you hate? Probably uh, unnecessary dog barking. Oh yeah. Because I have five dogs. Yeah, and, that's right. And they start barking. At nothing. Fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, what can you do? You know, I kick them. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, if I wasn't doing this, I probably would have loved to have been an attorney because mm. I kind of like to argue and yeah. win arguments. So sure. it would be like a litigator. So. Yeah, the way that you even just kind of tilt your head sometimes and, and have good consistent eye contact i can see how people eventually would go fuck yeah, you're right yeah, yeah yeah you're right i did eat that piece of pizza yeah. even though i saw it go into your mouth yeah no but people like right now we live in this in this completely insane like how are you that how yeah. do you not see the truth and that what you see is so wrong yep you know and that th you could change somebody's opinion or you could change somebody's mm -hmm. mind mm -hmm. because what you are what you think is true is it's completely not yep you know so what profession would you not like to do uh i i probably would never want to be in the medical profession because yeah. of all the pain and suffering that yep. those guys have to too much to be around that just you can't crazy. not take that home with you yeah when i was in the hospital i mean you know yep. we all know i mean it, it, there's so much bad that goes on on in these places you know especially with covid and yeah, very hard, hard. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, uh, I would love for him to say that the two people most hated that I have in hatred for did not get to heaven. Don't worry, Walter. <laughs> those two motherfuckers are not here. And then he and then he goes, oh, and by the way, uh, all I want for Christmas is a great song. <laughs> Still, yeah. we play it up here all the time. Yeah, yeah. you know. You, you know. fucking rule, dude. Oh, thank this you. This was a real oh. treat. Yeah. Was I, looking forward to it for a long time. 
You were very oh, generous well, to to adjust numerous times, <laughs> and I owe you many I, dinners for by that. By the way, the uh, the many adjustments. Yes. Um, probably a record in my life. <laughs> the times but, I reached. No, but I, I was like, man, I mean, this guy is so busy. Yeah, it, but you know, I, or, it also. I appreciate you being so understanding. And for me, with this stuff, it's like very important yeah. to where I don't like to feel rushed or, and especially with you, because I really, truly was looking forward to having this. Oh, and and uh, and there's certain times where things were proceeding or following that we're just going to make it n- the yeah. not the only thing I'm thinking about. And I don't want that. Yeah. Well, I, so. I told you before, I have such respect for you. I think you're a wonderful person. Thanks, bro. I know, I know that just, you know, and I knew of you way before I met you. I've mm-hmm. seen, you know, your movies and, and when I and I first saw your comedy, it was like, oh man, this guy is so. And then <laughs> you really blew my mind the other night when we got to, you know, sing some songs oh, and play yeah. some. And I go, man, this guy is so talented. So let's, you know, let's I know. keep it going. No man. shit, man. You we know? really got to. I mean, a musical yeah. is not uh, the worst idea. We, I'll, I'll add in a little clip here at the end of um, this footage of we were at the improv, all hanging out, and then we went back in and convinced Walter to sit down and play. And then he started playing "My Heart Will Go On," and I was like, "I fucking love this song." I'm gonna, yeah, so- and I would love to be able to sing with a guy who was a part of uh, this tune. Oh, so that's that know, was a treat. So I'm very honored. Thank you for having love me, you, bud. and uh, thank you, sir. Mo, did you enjoy it? Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, dude. man. Um, are you on social media? Can people follow you anywhere? Yeah, well, uh, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll put, we'll put that up on the screen. <coughs> yeah. Although, you know, it's just this whole TikTok yeah. bullshit that's going on. <laughs> I, I, I a lot of fun I, recipes on there. I can't, well, there's good recipes. Yeah. But I mean, right now, like all, all the music people yeah. are starting to get fed up because their labels are making them do TikTok yeah. posts. And it's like, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. You know? like, that's the part of this whole industry that is... Uh, yeah unsettling where certain things happen and you're like you got to do that and it's like it's why can't it be about the craft of what we're trying to do and why is there like this other now which you know double-edged sword to it where it can you know you see some people taking advantage of that but it's like you don't want to be consumed with that to where you're taken away from yeah you're trying to write a song but then people are like oh did you get your tiktok in today or did you let's get a quick shot of you in the studio but yeah man i don't know yeah constantly uh yeah I mean, some some people like the only thing I do lately is because of my interest in politics. Uh, greatly interested in righting the wrongs, you know, the Ukraine mm. war, mm. Th- because I'm I've I've been deeply associated with Russia and Russians. I speak Russian. I used to go there all the time. I've produced Russian artists. Mm. They've come here back and forth, so forth and so. But what happened, you know, in February just it just shut it off. Man. Yeah, there's never again ever it's never going to happen again this country just closed up for the rest of the world again and it'll never be known for anything but being the, the you know the murder slaughterhouse yeah that's a wrap that's it you know no more mcdonald's starbucks everybody's out of there it's you know it's closed yeah forever so if you're russian and you see walt and you see him at disneyland and you want to go up and say hey mr disney can i take a picture with you <laughs> fucking keep on walking baby it's not happening it's not happening <laughs> Good night, everybody.